Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local, sponsored by People's Bank. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce your host of Business Talk. He's editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here is George O'Brien. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Business Talk. Uh, we have a terrific show for you today, a different kind of show. Can't wait to get to it, but I will because first we need to hear this important message from our sponsor, People's Bank. Thank you for listening to the Business Talk podcast, sponsored by People's Bank, bringing you the best in business experts, entrepreneurs, and evangelists. Make Business Talk your innovation break for ideas and inspiration. People's Bank, where commercial banking can fuel your growth and make work life easier. Member FDIC, DIF equal housing lender. Bank at peoples.com slash business. Okay, we are back. And as promised, we have a, a great show for you today. We have with us Mike Fenton. He is a Springfield City Councilor. Uh, he is also uh, a lawyer with the Chefs Fort Schwartz and Fenton in Springfield, a Business West 40 under 40 winner and frequent finalist for Business West Alumni Achievement Award. All that, Mike. Um, but I guess the line on your resume that brings you here today is that you are the chair of the city's Casino Oversight Committee. And today we want to talk about uh, some recent headlines about the casino and uh, city officials uh, essentially wanting uh, MGM to, to bring their game up a little bit and, and bring their operation, I guess if that's the right word, uh, closer to what was promised when uh, this casino was was first conceived and, and first approved and first opened in 2018. So uh, let's kind of get right to this. Uh, first of all, let's talk about your role a little bit as uh, chair of the uh, Casino Oversight Committee. Exactly what does that entail? Well, first, thanks for having me on, George. And, oh, we um, appreciate it. It's a, it's a really important topic because uh, Springfield's future and MGM's future are um, closely tied, especially given the impact that it's had in the South End and, and the downtown. Um, my role as the chair of the uh, City Council's Casino Oversight Committee is a role that evolved uh, after my uh, prior position as City Council President. I was Council President at the time that the host community agreement uh, and ultimately the referendum were uh, taking place uh, in, in uh, the years that came before the opening of MGM Springfield. And uh, when I rotated out of that position, uh, because of the role that I had played with those negotiations and the host community agreement uh, between the city and MGM, a special committee of the council, uh, which came to be known as the Casino Oversight Committee, was formed and uh, I've chaired it every year since then. So uh, what we do is uh, interact uh, regularly with the casino and city stakeholders and as needed with the MGC, Mass Gaming Commission, to make sure that uh, the spirit and intent of the uh, license and the host community agreement between MGM and the city of Springfield are honored. And um, we take that role uh, very seriously. And uh, given my history with the project, I'm able to uh, fill that fill that role in an, an informed way. Okay, so <clears throat> excuse me, slicing through the headlines uh, from last week, uh, it, it has become evident that that Springfield city officials, including yourself, have, have kind of reached a point where 
uh, they want to talk to those running MGM Springfield and, and let them know that uh, uh, we don't consider what we're seeing on Main Street now to be what everything that was promised and everything that we want uh, from this casino. Is that a fair way of summing this up? Yeah. And, you know, there is a, there is a history here. Um, you know, the MGM wasn't the only uh, suitor for the uh, Western region casino license. There were, uh, if you recall, many other uh, agencies and companies were interested in this license. And so um, the city put together an RFP process uh, to determine which proposal would be the most beneficial to the region and the city. Ultimately, MGM was successful based on their submission. Mm -hmm. That submission was approved by the voters at referendum and uh, also by the Mass Gaming Commission. And here we have um, the transformation of the South End with the MGM uh, casino. One of the things that stood out about the MGM application was their uh, design as an inside-out casino, one that uh, would have multiple uh, points of en entrance and uh, egress and ingress to the facility uh, that would have amenities, including entertainment, restaurants, and the like, uh, to revitalize this area of the city and to do it in a way that spurred additional development in and around uh, an area of Springfield that, quite honestly, had previously been um, largely dilapidated. And so um, when they opened in 18, uh, they did so with great fanfare and uh, successful restaurants, uh, movie theater, winter outdoor uh, skate garden, retail locations in and outside the casino footprint in their plaza. And uh, really, it was the plaza uh, and the former Howard Street uh, extension that that made this that made this property stand out and their commitment to restoring um, and uh, maintaining the historic integrity of some of the more relevant structures in the South End. And so as, as time passed, uh, we, we had an unprecedented pandemic that immediately put the brakes on uh, operations at the casino. And uh, as we tiptoed our way outside of the pandemic, um, there has been a slow return of many of those amenities uh, at MGM. But as we enter the end of 2022 and the heights of the pandemic appear to be more than a year in our rearview mirror, uh, many stakeholders, myself included, um, have been concerned about uh, making sure that we make a full return uh, to the promises that were made about uh, activating amenities at the casino site. Okay, let's put aside the, the hiring numbers for a minute. Those are kind of a different matter given uh, kind of all that's going on with workforce issues and, and just, you know, with the economy in general and what's going on down there. But uh, we're talking about now restaurants, one of them at least, and maybe some of them are only open certain hours, certain days of the week. Uh, some of the, the retail stores are missing. The, the Kringle Candle Emporium, uh, Top Golf is only open certain hours of the day. It, it, we've got a lot of pieces missing to this puzzle. Uh, you mentioned the pandemic uh, and the influence that this had. None of this happened in a vacuum. It happened in the context of the pandemic. But it sounds to me like uh, the pandemic can no longer be uh, an excuse, for lack of a better word, for what we're seeing on Main Street today. Is that right? 
Yeah, I think that's a fair characterization, George. It's mm-hmm. um, it's how we got here. It doesn't explain why we're still in the position we're in. So um, based on recent conversations that we've had with uh, MGM Resorts International and some of the stakeholders locally, um, it's my hope and expectation that uh, the city and MGM will be able to make some announcements um, in the coming weeks and months that will uh, return some of those previously shuttered aspects of the project. And, and specifically, again, I want to call attention, as you did, to the restaurant amenities and um, to the plaza activation. That is uh, why, in my opinion, MGM was selected because of their ability to stand out uh, from competitors with those aspects of this project. And um, they're, the, they're the main uh, reasons that uh, observers are acknowledging that there's a need for added investment by MGM to bring those components of the site back online. Mm-hmm. So go back to something you were saying a, a little bit a while ago. This did not happen overnight, but, but in a way it did. Um, I mean, we didn't just blink and have this happen. This kind of happened over the course of time or not happened in this case. Uh, things uh, were shuttered during the pandemic and they never reopened again. Uh, did things come to a head here? Have these discussions been going on for a while and we just reached a point where, okay, now we need to get on the horn with the uh, horn with uh, Bill Hornbuckle and, and, and get to the bottom of this? Or have we been contemplating uh, these types of discussions for a while now? Yeah, well, it, it's interesting because as you, as you alluded to, it really did happen overnight. You know, one, one day there was a complete and total shutdown of the casino site. Um, and there has been a gradual return based on uh, public health advice, MGC guidance. We had periods where there was plexiglass within the facility, separation of um, table games and slot machines to allow for social distancing. Um, and, and so the, the environment in the reopening of MGM uh, has been gradual, but the, the closure of those amenities was immediate. Um, since then, it's been an ongoing dialogue about what is the appropriate balance um, in bringing these items back online. Uh, at the end of last year, at the end of 2021, we started having what I would describe to be the most um, directed conversations about that uh, in the post-pandemic environment. And uh, there were some successes. There was a return of restaurants and amenities that uh, took place in late 2021 and early 2022. But really, um, it's been over the course of the last eight months that our society has found itself in a, a largely post-pandemic mindset. Um, and social distancing and masks and uh, concerns about public health shutdowns um, appear to be much more in our rearview mirror than they were in the past. And that is what's led to uh, these more active discussions over the course of the last, I would say, six to eight months about encouraging MGM uh, and insisting that MGM return all of these aspects of the project back to uh, their original uh, their original condition and, and original hours. Okay, you're listening to Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local 413 and sponsored by People's Bank. We're talking with Mike Fenton, Springfield City Councilor and Chair of the City's Casino Oversight Committee. We're talking about the 
recent headlines concerning the casino and, and Springfield officials of, of wanting uh, those running the casino to kind of bring this casino back to uh, what was promised when it was originally open. So you, you've had discussions with, with people. You're optimistic that we're going to start to to see some action here. Is that what I heard a few minutes ago? Or Yeah, I, I'm optimistic that we'll start to see some more action. And um, we should acknowledge that while the property isn't where we'd like it to be today, that substantial progress has been made in 2022. Um, they have continued to make and honor all of their financial commitments. And uh, given the, uh, the way that we've emerged from the pandemic this year, this was also the first time in a couple of years that MGM was able to fully meet all their entertainment obligations. Um, and they've done that uh, despite the closure of uh, City Stage um, and with taking on the responsibility of being uh, the new manager of Symphony Hall. So um, they have brought a, a nice complement of uh, entertainment to uh, Mass Mutual Center and Symphony Hall this year, and they've done it um, consistent with what was required under the HCA. They've also made all of their financial payments. But what they haven't done is reopen the on-site restaurants, um, retail sites, and other amenities at the casino in the casino overlay district to the extent that we'd like to see. Hmm. I know a lot of uh, the talking heads in sports and, and some other areas like to, to give grades like school teachers uh, with regard to how teams are doing, how individuals are doing and, and the like. I, I think if we were to try to grade MGM, I think we would probably have to give it an incomplete at this point because we simply have had a real hard time just gauging its full effect. Uh, and I, the pandemic has everything to do with that. I mean, it was only open for, I believe, 18 months when the pandemic hit. So uh, what do you think? Uh, can you gauge how well MGM is doing? I mean, it, people were, were told to keep their expectations realistic, that this was not going to transform the region's economy overnight. It wasn't going to transform the South End overnight. It was going to be a big, important piece of the puzzle. Uh, but it was going to be that uh, can we grade MGM yet, or is it too early and too difficult? I think it's too early and too difficult to give it a final grade, um, George. But but it is uh, it is true that um, we've missed the mark uh, on a on a lot of performance metrics over the course of the last few years. I think there's good explanation for that, and there's hope to be optimistic about the future. Um, their gross gaming revenue is strong and up in the post-pandemic uh, environment. That's a very positive uh, outcome. The city has also uh, invested substantial resources in development in and around the casino that wasn't happening at the time of the casino's opening. And three specific examples for that are, uh, we entered into a development agreement, which MGM contributed uh, approximately $12 million to, and the city to a similar figure, for the redevelopment of Court Square. Um, with market rate housing and um, a first-class restaurant and an entertainment space on the first floor. This is a project that has evaded the city um, for most of my adult life. And being able to bring that historic structure online next year is going to be a real shot in the arm uh, to downtown and the South End. Additionally, the city spent over $2 million in utilizing its eminent domain powers to acquire what's commonly known as the Masonic block, uh, the corner of state and Maine. And while the city isn't in the landlord business, 
we acquired the building because we understand the importance that this structure has as being directly across the street from the casino. And it's a critical piece uh, to the future of that downtown economic development. We have every intention of putting that building out for RFP in early 2023. And we're hopeful that we can attract some serious development uh, in that area to more fully realize the, uh, the dream of real revitalization that we hope and expect that MGM would bring. And the last, uh, there are others, but the last one that I'll uh, point to in terms of uh, spinoff investment that the city's made around the space is uh, the mayor and Sarno administration lobbied heavily for many years for the redevelopment of the Civic Center garage. And um, just a few months ago, we celebrated the groundbreaking for that. So the structure is now uh, fully demolished and scheduled for reconstruction next year um, in a way that'll increase public safety and parking in this area and do it with some activation of uh, restaurant space on the first floor. So all these things are uh, a part of the larger puzzle of transforming uh, the downtown entertainment space. And the reason to be optimistic about what future final grade we might be able to give to MGM based on uh, what it's done for the city. Mm -hmm. Has your research taken you to other casinos in this state? Uh, are we seeing a better performance, uh, better letter grades from some of the other casinos that have opened in the state? Well, um, I don't think it's apples to apples. Certainly, um, the Encore uh, development is the only other resort-style license in Massachusetts, and uh, that was not designed to be an inside-out casino. That is that is a resort that is a resort destination, um, and it's a it's a destination with an intent of keeping people inside the building and uh, doing it at this location in in Everett. Um, they've had what I understand to be reasonable success, but um, it's a different market. It's a different type of development. It's a different company. And um, I haven't spent too much time uh, trying to compare uh, our development here to, to that one. Um, but I have spent quite a bit of time comparing uh, the performance of our property here and the requirements of our host community agreement to whether or not it lives up to the expectations uh, that we had. And, and as I said earlier, uh, being candid, and we must admit that we have not fully realized that dream and potential yet, but um, the story is not over and there is still um, much reason to be optimistic about what it can do in the future. Okay. Well, thank you very much for that. Very insightful. Uh, we'll have to have you uh, back on soon and, and discuss this again moving forward. Uh, hopefully we, we will see some action down there and uh, MGM already an asset to the city can become even more of one moving forward. That's right. Thanks very much, okay. George. All right. Thank you for uh, being with us today. And thank you to all of you for listening. This has been Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local 413 and sponsored by People's Bank. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West. We'll see you next time. 